Chapter 13 of the podcast is live and what a privilege it was to sit down with Australian entertainer Nathan Foley. You might remember Nathan as one of the original cast members of the hit show High Five as well as his performances on The Voice Australia. Nathan has had many successes as a performer from winning Princess Cruises Performer of the Year in 2016 which is a pretty prestigious award and the first Australian to do it as well as his experiences within theatre with Jerry Spring of the Opera, Mamma Mia, Grease, honestly you name it he's done it uh, it was awesome I got to chat with Nathan about his journey as a solo artist with his recent single She Devil which released earlier this year and we just talked about the creative process as a singer songwriter the art of captivating your audience as an entertainer which is not easy um, yeah, Nathan shares his importance of saying yes to new challenges and always letting your passions fuel you which is something we can apply in any context um, it was a great conversation and I know you'll enjoy it lock in Well, welcome to another deep dive here on the podcast, and um, how lucky, Nathan Foley, mate. Thanks for hopping on with us. No worries, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, <laughs> good, good. I know I know. with COVID, it's the question on everyone's lips at the moment, isn't it? Are you going? No, okay? just the, the unexpected. You just don't know what the next day is going to hold, huh? Nah, no. Where, where are you hold? Because, I mean, you're in Australia, but where are you hold up? Uh, I'm, well, I'm luckily I'm not in bloody Victoria, so I'm yeah, I'm on the central co- central coast of New South Wales. So it's, uh, yeah. there's no cases here at the moment. Thank you know, thank God. Mm. But you never know what what's in store. You never know who's going to sneak through the border or come and ruin everyone else's lives. All these idiots out there oh, no, going to work with COVID and stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm hating on COVID because <laughs> you know we haven't had a chance to get out and, and work or do any shows. But I'm hating even more on the idiots out there that have just yeah. ruined everybody and just have that you know that selfish bastard. I know, man. I know, man. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Let's think of the rest of us. Do do you guys look over at New Zealand? Because I mean, New Zealand's done okay. You know, they've had yeah. Step-ups you guys here have there. been awesome from from day one. Yeah, but your prime ministers. I mean, I, look, I, I like our prime minister in Australia, but your prime minister over there, like from day one, she mm. just went crazy she just went no 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 yeah. block 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 but that's been that's been great for you guys you know what i mean so and that's what it's all about we're just going to come down hard on everybody and make sure that we do as we're told and if you are sick stay home it's, it's quite simple i mean i know the livelihoods of people have have lost out you know especially me i haven't done any shows since january technically other than release my my stuff but i haven't done anything live on stage yeah and you know we're all we, we are all suffering from it financially as well as you know just just for our for our soul really yeah um but it just it just makes me angry when i see people out there breaking the rules and and just not caring about anybody else but themselves it just really really kills me yeah i think we had someone over here who broke out of isolation because they wanted to go to the liquor store <laughs> uh, you know what i mean oh well yeah hope that yeah, i heard i heard i heard a good thing actually someone someone wrote up because i don't know if you heard about a lady called karen over here Oh, she um no, but she, I've heard she, the name Karen a lot lately. Yeah, there's a big thing. There's all these little funny things going up on the internet. Karen, it was at Bunnings in 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 Sydney, and she refused to wear a mask. She says because apparently in well, no, Sydney in Melbourne, in Melbourne you're supposed to wear a mask every day. It's you have to. It's right. the law, and she refused to. She said I'm not wearing a mask. Anyway, they they had this little thing up and this picture of the Titanic sinking, yeah. and they had and they had it underneath Karen's great grandmother, and at the top had a little bubble coming. I'm not wearing a life vest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, runs in the, runs in the family, eh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, but, you know, dude. Just people like that are ruining it for everybody. But you know, oh, geez. Yeah. Fingers crossed, man. I hope 20, 2021 is going to be a better year. Honestly. I know. Who would have thought when we were planning out our year and getting into it? I mean, this is my first year as a teacher. So, you know, I mean, no one could have predicted what was about to hit us right in the face. I mean, even as a, as a musician, I've, I've got some friends over here that are musicians and that luckily they're gigging again and they've got crowds again and they're selling out shows again, you know, albeit a bit differently. But for you guys, musicians, it must be, oh man, I can't even fathom. Yeah, and we're in a really difficult niche as well. I mean, we're not. Obviously, I've, I've, geez, it's been a while since I've, re- I've released anything of my own originally, which luckily I got to do recently. Mm. But obviously, for people that aren't in the recording industry or aren't in the music theatre industry, people that are just, you know, doing gigs at clubs and pubs and, and, um, you know, doing the odd gig here and there, there's nothing that's caters for, for those, for those musicians. There really isn't. Mm. Um, so it's, 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 yeah, I've got a lot of friends that are struggling at the moment. So it is a bit of a heartfelt matter but yeah 
once again, I just really hope that things pick up and next year someone finds a cure. I heard some some uh, scientists in Adelaide may have found a cure for the COVID-19 virus, which, you know, they're starting tests on people and it's worked on 50 people, I heard. So they okay. just keep going and, and, and see where that ends up. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? We just don't know what, what, what the future holds. Mm. Have you found Have you found that as much as, much as it is, you know, like horrible what's going on and you i suppose you had a lockdown experience too were you locked down for a bit earlier on in the in the process yeah i mean it wasn't too drastic for us i mean we weren't it wasn't compulsory like we, the victorians had where we had to wear a mask we didn't have to wear a mask if we wanted to it was just an, an optional thing um obviously we were only allowed to go to um you know the grocery shop and just exercising your suburb i mean that's how bad we got i think we got to level two or three mm. uh but obviously victoria's got the level four category now and they're, they're on complete lockdown they've got fines up to twenty thousand dollars now if you go to work and you and you're sick oh. or you have to stay in quarantine yeah they've, they've, but they have to man because there's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's so many there's so many idiots down there that have and they went to they went door knocking on people's houses that were supposed to be in quarantine 800 of them went to work there's case in point case in point that's that's it right there man 20k that's is it. what you deserve i suppose eh? <laughs> oh yeah exactly if, if that and whatever's going to build the economy again i guess you know? uh, yeah yeah well <laughs> use, use the fines for these immunosiles you know yeah they're not going to get as many speeding tickets so they got to figure it out another way <laughs> <laughs> exactly um, exactly have you found that for you being not out doing as much because i mean the podcast that we're doing now this was birthed out of out of a lockdown experience something we always wanted to well i mean we me always wanted to do do have you found that you've been able to get some creative processes happening and started to work on some stuff and get some get some of that process happening or yeah i mean i guess obviously she devil the single that i wrote was due to the fact that i just started writing and getting into back into my writing again but then obviously when covid hit um, I was kind of forced to be home. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm lucky in a way. I mean, COVID's a horrible, horrible thing. It's been a horrible thing for a lot of people out there. But for me, it's been uh, not only a negative thing, obviously with work, but it's also been a positive for me with my family because I've got a little baby boy who's mm. um, coming up to eight months old now. So I get to spend every, I've got to spend every day with him um, and, you know, be close to my family every day, which is something that us entertainers don't do all the time. And when we're traveling, we're touring, we're doing things. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's the, the benefit out of all of it. But that, to answer your question with, with the creative side, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been nothing else for me to do other than, you know, look after the family and right, yeah. just go into my office and, and, and write out songs and, and do what I can. I mean, there's nothing much else for us to do, but just to try and keep fit, um, get the creative juices flowing, look for plan B and C when it comes to our life. Yeah, and, yeah. and just, it just, it's made us all slow down, which I think the world needed. Yeah. Um, I think the environment needed it as well. I mean, go outside and it's just, it's a lot clearer than it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So it's been good for all of us. I mean, unless I've, you live in New Zealand, it's always bloody clear. Oh, it's, mate, it's beautiful, <laughs> mate. Have you, you've been uh, over here a few times? Oh, hundreds of times. Oh mate, there you go. There you I go. love, I love New Zealand. My best friend is from Napier. Um, oh. He lives out. Poor guy lives in Victoria now, but um, yeah, he's uh, he's from Napier originally. But I've got a lot of friends in, in New Zealand. I love New Zealand. My whole team's in New Zealand. My manager, my, my production team, up, the guys that put my video clip together from New uh, Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Up in up in Auckland recorded, or uh, Auckland? I actually recorded She Devil in Auckland. Ah. So, yeah. mate, there you go. Why'd you go back home? <laughs> But, I know I had the, the the wife and baby back home. So yeah, okay, that's fair enough. So if we if if any of your new stuff comes out and it's about you know staying up late at night and changing nappies, we know what that's down to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Call the song crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is this new stuff from Nathan? <laughs> um, exactly. This is crap. No, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> uh, how how have you how has that changed you, man? Being a dad, um, has that just changed your world completely? Yeah, I mean, I guess it sort of it's maneuvered uh, what I thought was important into sort of category two and category three. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah. when you're by yourself, you've got nothing else to think about but yourself. You know, I, I got to travel the world so many times, I got to perform to all different cultures and, and age, you know, different genres of, of people and what they liked. And um, I guess that was great. I, I, I spent a lot of years, you know, being you know, positively selfish, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, once, once you have a child and once you, you know, have a, have a family of your own, it's sort of the, the priority sort of heads towards them. You come sort of secondary when it comes to 
that selfishness. And uh, I guess in a way I needed that. I mean, I wasn't a bad person. Yeah, I was yeah. traveling the world. I was doing, I was just having fun. I was a single guy, but you know, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I've, I've spent so much time out there by myself. And uh, I think this change of having a family and it's been amazing for me. I love it. I love every second of it. It, it definitely changes your life, but I think it changes your life for the better. Yeah. Cause you hear people say things, eh? Like, Oh, you're settled in, you know, you're settling down. You're, you know, well, that's it for you. It's just such a negative way of looking at. Um, yeah, I, I think that's know. said by people that actually don't have a life. Yeah, and their friends have gone off and got married, and they're just jealous. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, you have to sort of weigh up what is important to you at the end of the day. I mean, if it's if if having a great life is partying and going out and getting you know, getting drunk and sleeping around and doing sort of stuff, good on you. I mean, that's that's your life. But after a while, it does get boring and mm. it, it does come to an end. Mm. As you get older, it's not as fun anymore, and you don't look as good when you're going to a nightclub. Who's that? Who's that fifty-year-old dude in the corner? Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. It just you got to sort of weigh it up. I mean, yeah, totally. um, you got to. The thing that I thought of, I think, in a way, is just like, what, who do I want to be when I am? If I do make it to being a senior citizen, what I want? What do I want to look back on my life and be proud of? And obviously, I'm proud of my career. I'm proud of what I've achieved and, and what I'm doing now and everything. But what I want to be most proud of is when my son looks back on when I go one day and when I'm not around is saying that he's proud of his dad. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, yeah. I think that's, that's the biggest thing that I want to be proud of is making sure that he's proud of me. That's, that's, that's really special, man. That's the, the, what, yeah. what you just said there is actually, that's profoundly impacting. Eh? Well, it's reality. I mean, every, anybody can be famous. You can go and be, you can be an axe murderer and end up on the front page news. Very true. But it comes down to whether you make someone proud of you, or that's that's the biggest achievement in this life. Or having someone that loves you—that's the biggest. That's even a bigger achievement in this world. So anybody can be famous. Anybody can go out there and try and be a millionaire, whatever. But that's not important. You can't take money to the grave. You can't take fame to the grave. I mean, that's that's it. As soon as you're gone, you're gone. Mm. But as long as those people that remembered you and you made a, an impact on their lives, I mean, that's the most important thing that we should be uh, living by. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Hey? And I think not only has your priorities and the way you view things shifted, I suppose, even your, your own goals and aspirations for your son. Have you got things or that you've already been thinking like, I'd love it for my son to, I don't know, do this and that or, or, or you know, cause I know I some know. parents are like, I want my son to this, that and the other. Now those parents are like, just, as long as they have a happy, enjoy their life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I guess I want him to live. You know, I um just get out there and just do what he feels happy with. I was watching a movie last night. I think it's the um, it's the effort list. Yeah, I oh, yeah, um, yeah. And it, it's a movie. It's about this guy who's got these two parents for eighteen years of his life have just you know manipulated and told him exactly what they want of him and his life, and where he just and one day he just snaps. So I don't want that to happen to my son. So I, you know, just like my parents said, they raised me. I mean, I, they, they were happy, whatever I would choose to do, whether I'd be, you know, singer, actor, carpenter, or even garbage collector. I don't think yeah. they'd care as yeah. long as I was happy. And I think I want that for my son. You know, obviously if he wakes up one day and says, Oh, you know, I want to you know, be a mechanic. I mean, like, okay, cool. If that makes you happy, that's fine. But mm. honestly, probably deep down in my heart, I'd love him to get into the entertainment industry. I'd love that. It's, yeah. it's a hard industry, but it's, it's, it's also a pleasurable industry as well, where you do get to travel the world and you get to meet all walks of life, different people. And um, I guess I want him just to live, just live, live, live his best life. That's awesome. So, mate. But at the end, yeah, end of the day, it's up to him. Yeah. But a father and son duo, perhaps? Yeah, never know. Look, I, he's got these toy little guitar and pianos out in the lounge room. Yeah, yeah. He bangs out. And yeah, he's, he's crazy. He's like seven and a half months old, but he's always he's already banging a piano and trying to play the guitar. It's, it's insane. Oh, so you never know. He might he might end up being an international success and bypass me, you know, tenfold. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I might be, living, might be living off him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, I mean, I've, I've heard heaps of people say, you know, you want your children's floor to be your ceiling sort of thing. You know what I mean? You want them yeah. to stand on the shoulders of what, not what you've done, but I mean, mm. yeah, it's all, it is cool when you can look back and go, yep, he's bigger than, yeah. he's bigger deal than I was. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I said, at the end of the day, most important thing is health and happiness. That, that is it. That is all that matters in this world. Health and happiness. You know, as yeah. long as we get by, as long as we survive and uh, as long as we're um, happy and healthy, that's, that's, that's all we can do for a, a, a long life. You know? Yeah. Hasn't, hasn't um, COVID just um, kind of proven that to us really, isn't it? 
Yeah, it really has. I mean, as I said, like I'm, I'm kind of happy that it's kind of slowed me down. I was, geez, since I was 10 years old, I've been working, mm. uh, doing gigs and I haven't stopped, you know, just continuously, continuously on the go, on the go. I'm still it kind of at times I wake up and go, Oh, you know, I need to make this a busy day. What I'm going to do, what I do. And I'm just, you know, just going crazy. I thought, like, no, hang on. I really got nothing to do today. I can just go and do my washing and <laughs> yeah. I can just, you know, I can go and clean my office and just, chill for a bit mm. and I'm like that's not normal I'm not I'm not used to not working so mm. yeah there's lots of people I mean I'm one of those people too but when you have time you almost your first gut thing is to let's try and fill it you know what I mean yeah exactly it's just it's just about keeping your mind active I guess mm. so, yeah because you, could, you, you can that. go the other extreme can't you where you just bum around all day and you start to lose motivation and things and all the rest you know yeah, and I think you start losing yourself. I mean, and that plus you got to exercise. You know, regardless of what size you are, what age you are, you need to. And what I mean by exercise is, I mean you have to go to the gym for ten hours. But yeah. Get up, go for a walk, go for a walk around your block. You know, go for a walk up the street and back. You know, just do something, get some fresh air in your lungs. You know, I think it's, I think it's really important and keeps you just keeping that mind active and. Yeah. You know. Oh, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. I mean, me, I've got, um, I've got one kidney. So for me, wow. in a teaching role. You're, you're, well, you're not sitting down all day, but all day you're, you know, at the whiteboard, then you're down at the desk and then you're doing this and that. But we've just started doing cross country and I've just started to walk around with them because it's so important yeah. to get active, keep fit, all the rest, you know? Yeah. So Nathan, I want to um, pivot into where you started. I mean, your career, your musical career, your entertainment career. I mean, even the fact that you always wanted to be in that. And now when you see the name Nathan Foley and it's entertainer is attached to it, what what does that make you feel? Does that kind of bring you that joy? Is it like what you expected? Like, uh, no, it's kind of second nature now. Like, I I don't, I never really thought about it. Mm. Um, I guess because I've been doing it for so long, it's kind of second nature. So, I kind of just, yeah, I don't, I don't wake up and go, hey, I'm an entertainer. Are you sure? I just go. And, yeah, I just go and do what I do. I mean, just like anybody gets up and does their work or go and does their job, they they don't, yeah think about it you know that can tell you know I'm a, I'm a plumber yes you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You, just, you just go and you go and do what you do and i guess the only thing i can say about being an entertainer is that I, I love doing what i do so i guess that's that's half the battle i mean if you can spend the rest of your life um having a job that you love to do i mean it's not really a job yeah it, it's true it's true and i think on the, on the other foot to that, I can imagine you've had times where it has felt like a job and there's, you know, young musicians or entertainers listening even now that they're in the middle of a grind when it comes to their, their creative process or their work or whatever it is and it's kind of, they're not enjoying it anymore, you know? Yeah. I suppose, exactly. you, what's what's the bounce no, back gotta, in that moment, you know? I don't know, you know, you got you got to have a passion. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people out there, are, you know, have the wrong sort of idea about entertainment wrong idea about being a singer because they're watching a lot of reality shows and they see oh you know they're seeing these people getting up there and it's all about the fame and the popularity mm. and, the, and the instagram likes and all this sort of stuff so that's not important you got to learn your craft first you need to you need to be good at what you do it's not about you know seeing how many likes you get on instagram it's about yeah. <laughs> how many people you move at a live <laughs> yeah. concert you know and it's just it's longevity, mate. I mean, to be successful in this industry is not about how much money you get in a pay packet. It's not about how famous you get. It's about the longevity of how long you can last in this industry. Mm. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's 30 years for me this year. So, and this is... Oh, the, the big 30. Job. Yeah. It's, only, it's the only job I've ever had. Yeah, I haven't yeah. done any other job but being an entertainer. And I can well, truthfully say I'm very lucky, but... I've worked my worked my ass off to, to get it, you know. Worked my ass off to be here, and every single time I've done a show, I've put, you know, a hundred percent into what I do, and never faltered, you know. Mm. So as soon as I guess one day, if, if my passion ever leaves me and I don't want to do this anymore, then that's then I'll probably hang up my boots because yeah. I, I don't want to be doing something that I don't love to do. Mm. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, you know, mates of mine that are gigging and and and, and singers, etc. A lot of people probably think. You just walk on stage and do what you're naturally good at, or you're a good singer. But it's there's so much behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good singers out there, but there's not a lot of good entertainers out there. Yeah, there's a difference. It's about holding an audience. Anyone can get up. Anyone that's got a good voice can get up there and do one or two songs. Yeah, yeah. But it's about holding a crowd for an hour or even two hours. You know, it's about it's about communicating with your audience. It's not about just going out there and singing to them. 
yeah. you got to you got to entertain these people. You can't just go la 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 and go. <laughs> How is that? Two hours. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, you got you got to you, you got to talk to people. You got to. You know, I, I look back on a lot of the older artists uh, for inspiration when it comes to entertaining. Like, you know, obviously it's just a long time before we were both born, but like Sammy Davis Jr. and, mm. and Frank Sinatra mm. and uh, all these all these amazing artists back in the heyday of entertainment, where they talked, they talked to their crowds and they made them laugh. It was it was something that was they they moved you with what they spoke about, not only what they sang about. The, yeah. you know, the singing was just a bonus. Yeah, yeah. So if you had an amazing voice like Sammy Davis Jr. And you can perform and make people laugh at the same time. I mean, that's that's the ultimate performer, right? It's it's you're right because it's not just about um, going out there. It's like teaching, mate. It's not about me talking to my talking at my kids. It's being with them and like I even think of um, Freddie Mercury. You know, whether or not you enjoyed him as a performer or not, I look at him like that biopic that came out last year or whenever it was, and I just watched mm. the because I'd never seen Live Aid that concert. And I just look okay. at how how he engaged with the crowd and how the crowd all into it. I mean, that must be one of the most rewarding parts about being a performer is that engagement, two way engagement with crowds and you know. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's called an entertainer. You know, it's it's but there's not a lot out there. If you if you watch, I mean, watch a lot of these reality shows, you see good singers, but you don't see what happens between songs. It's all about going out there and singing just one song, and that's great. They can go out there and sing the sing the ass out of it, mm. but. I'd rather go and watch an entertainer or a singer that can hold me for an hour in the palm of their hand. And, and I'm and at the end of it, I'm like, whoa, yeah. that's bloody brilliant. Yeah. I don't want to go and just watch someone that's going to sing at me for an hour because I'll start yawning. I'll just want to get out of there regardless of how good a voice they are. You know? Yeah. What are your tools to capture your audience? Be yourself. Mm. Simple. Don't don't pretend to be anything you're not. Go out there, be you know. I've I've done you know. Obviously, when I do my shows, um, I go and do. I play piano and guitar and dance and sing and do all this and stuff like that. I think one time I was on the piano and I got this massive wedgie and I told everybody about it. <laughs> it's, just, yeah, it's just about being honest. Don't don't be afraid about who you are. Don't be afraid about what happens. You know, you know. Just just be honest with people. You know, and, yeah, yeah. and, and bounce but bounce off audiences. You know, comedians do it all the time. Why can't singers? You know people start giving heckling you or someone mentions something in the audience or shouts things out to you give it back you know, yeah, just, yeah i just love be it you be, be yourself i mean think about it like every time i've done a show i just pretend i'm in my lounge room with some of my closest friends and if they give me crap i'll give it back to them sing them a good song get out there it's just just about making something fun yeah and i think maybe one of the niches or one of the one of the hardest things of being a performer in that setting could be when you have those flat crowds i don't know if that's rude to say but you know what i mean those crowds that aren't engaging that aren't that must take some energy to go to another level to draw them in when they're not engaging yeah mainly the british <laughs> yeah yeah all right <laughs> yeah is that true is that few, true the british yeah yeah the, the, no, the thing with the british right which is different to the, to the yanks that the americans are from beginning to when they're like yeah woohoo they're right out there yeah dude like, oh my god this is great yeah they sing along yeah but when it comes to the british the british are like they sit here like this and they start this watch you the whole time maybe with their arms crossed they're like okay don't give you any facial expressions and then right at the end they come out to you after the show and they go oh my god that was brilliant we love that it's just fantastic it's just, oh, there's that song you did really touch me. It's just, you know, and they, they go off at the end. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, why don't you give us that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's so funny. If, even if you get the nod and the mmm, then you know yeah. you're doing a good job over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So where did it actually start for you, man? I mean, you talk about the, these experiences you've had with audiences and, and I even remember you saying just earlier about how your parents were there and encouraging you and what you did. But let's just talk about where it started for you, music. I mean, what what was it that drew you to it? Oh man, from two from two years old, I I was dancing for long to music. My mum and my dad played a lot of eighties, you know, R and B and you know stuff from like Stevie Wonder and um, Billy Ocean and all those guys yeah. back in the day. And then obviously my my parents split up when I was about two. Um, and then uh, I used to go and see my dad every second weekend, and he used to restore old antique furniture. So I used to take them to the old secondhand shops. And there was this one shop in North Sydney, I think um, had this big crate of old vinyl records. One of which uh, was the Jackson five. Oh yeah. Um, had, had, had like, yeah, I didn't know what it was. I had these young guys on there. I thought, Oh, they look about my age. And I was only five, you know, but uh, dad took a back plate and not changed my life. So from five years old, listening to little Michael Jackson's voice, 
I started mimicking and by the time I was 10, I sounded exactly like him. It was yeah. insane. Like I did my first album when I was 10 and um, just by listening, listening to that, that's how I got into it. And then I did, did a lot of talent quests back in the day when I was 10 and then a lady noticed me at a talent quest and put me in the Coca-Cola School Spectacular, which is one of the biggest variety shows in the world. It was held at the Sydney Entertainment Centre. Wow, yeah. Like 80-piece okay. orchestra, uh, massive band. And um, I was a soloist in that uh, for seven years straight. Yeah, yeah. And um, just doing my own solo work in front of 12,000 people. Each audience was insane. And I was only a kid. But that's how it all started off. And then one thing led to the other and did a lot of club work, corporate gigs. And then... Um, and obviously high five came out when I was about 18, mm. 19, 18, 19 when I left school and I was in there for 10 years, did music theater. So, um, yeah, just everything just led from one thing to the other. Like, you know, one person sees you at a gig and says, Hey, you'd be perfect for this. And then something yeah. else leads up to that leads up to that. So when I got into the cruising industry, I, I was doing my Don solo work on, on the ships over in the States and the UK and around Australia. And that was a great, that got made me see the world and, um, you know, be just go crazy ass wild for, for you know a lot of my twenties and stuff, but or thirties I should say. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean it's just one thing leads to another. But yeah, music's always been in my blood from when I was a kid, and I'm the only one in my family really. My mum's housewife. My my dad does furniture. My my stepdad, who's raised me since I was five, with my mum. He's he's a retired truck driver. And, you know, none of my family are into the music side. So it's just me. But um, as I said, they've always been very encouraging. Yeah, yeah, mate, leading the charge on your own. What's um. As a ten-year-old or eleven-year-old, twelve-year-old, you're in front of all these people. I'm sure nerves were in the picture, but I mean, you've you you, you navigated through them. No, I think. Well, funnily enough, saying that, like, I think nerves come when you start something later on in life. It's just like riding a bike. When you're learning to ride a bike when you're a kid, you don't have nerves. It's more about excitement when you're a kid. That's true, yeah, it's but true. If, but if you start, like, in, you know, even if you're learning to swim, I mean, if you start that when you're, like, in your 20s, that's when the fear is because you know you're fearing of death and fearing of this and fearing of hurting yourself. But when you're a kid, you're always kind of an idiot. You know? <laughs> yeah. You, you, yeah. You, you're breaking legs and scratching yourself up and stuff like that. So I guess when it came to performing, I, I never actually, I just saw it as an exciting thing. It was never a nerve-wracking thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I've carried that through with me since, till now. Like I just, I've never been nervous on stage. It's more anxious, anxiety to get on stage. Just yeah, yeah. excitement. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've had some crazy ass moments on stage, you know, things gone wrong and, you know, where I, I was sick, I did national TV, um, midday show, carry on midday show back in the day where I had like really bad diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. it's all you know what I mean? It's just, it's just that, that was crap. Yeah, um, literally. But you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's just, you know, you, it's just things that go wrong on stage. And I mean, those things that you think you'd be nervous about, you're just not because you just you push through it. You know, the show must go on. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. As Freddie Mercury says. As Freddie Mercury says. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, that's because, I mean, even at what, 14, 15, 16, were you performing in, you know, pubs and because I know you're a part of the Coca-Cola spectacular, but were you also yeah. earning earning a bit of money for it on the side and like as a oh, youngster? Yeah. I've been earning money since I was ten, so I just you know just working since then. Um, I was I never I've never done any pubs, um, mostly just uh, mostly like clubs and corporates and things like that. I suppose if you're but, a ten year old in a pub, it's a bit uh, frowned yeah. upon. Yeah, I did a club. I did some clubs back then, like yeah, you yeah, call yeah. the R, the RSL clubs and oh yeah, 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 you know, the big community clubs out here. And, you know, it was, but they're they're like theater, mini theaters, you know. So, but um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, did did a lot of did a lot of stuff, man. Sometimes you look back on your life and you go, "Geez, was that did that happen? Did that really happen to so me?" Fast. Yeah, it's you strike me as someone that doesn't sit in one genre. I could be co- totally wrong, but I mean. I can imagine you doing anything from, um, from pop to to rock to re- to reggae, whatever it might be. I re- is that true, or am I just? Yeah, I, I guess because I've never had training. Like I've I've never had singing lessons or. Oh, you've never had the them, mate. Lessons. Okay. No, All never had natural. Any I think that's. Yeah, I think that's been to my um, been a blessing for me because that sort of opens you up to different genres. I mean, because the only way I learn is by listening, listening to different artists and. 
and, and, and doing that. I mean, I think I'm not putting anyone down that, that does train, mm. but I think in a way people, if they go and they want to train in classical music, I think that sort of pigeonholes them in that sort of way at times. If they just are interested in just rock, that'll pigeonhole them. And because I've known a lot of rock singers that can't sing pop. I've known a lot of classical singers that can't sing R&B. You know, it's just all these different, all these different things. It's only from my own experiences. So I don't want to offend anybody. Of course, there, of that, course. That, that I like, that, that don't, but just from my personal experiences, um, I know a lot of people that sort of uh, aren't really broad when it comes to singing different styles of music, but I've never sort of pigeonholed myself. I, I really like all different styles. You know, I do. I listen to classical, I listen to opera, I listen to rock, I listen to pop, I listen to soul, I listen to yeah. funk, I listen to R&B, I listen to every single style. I even listen to a bit of metal now and again, you know. It's oh, just, mate. It's just, it's, it's just it about out. drawing inspiration. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's just about drawing inspirations out. And I guess in a way that too has come out in my music. I mean, my music's kind of weird. I mean, my first single, She Devil, which just released a month ago now, um, it got some, it's, it's had some radio play, but people are like, is it pop or is it rock? Yeah. Don't know. I, I mean, know. Well, it's kind of both. It's, 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 it's rock, but it's, it's, it's a sort of dance at the same time. And, you know, I, I, I kind of put everything, all my influences into one song and, which is kind of cool. I mean, if you listen to radio a lot these days, everything sounds bloody same to me. You know, it's you true. can't differentiate between Chris Brown and Usher sometimes. You're like, is that Usher? Who, who Chris is that? Brown? <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, the ones that, you know, have the longevity are the ones that are different. I mean, Ed Sheeran's come out and, you know, he's been highly successful. I mean, the underdog of music, I mean, you look at him, he's, he's not extremely a sex symbol, no. but he's the most talented guy out there, like a great yeah. songwriter, great lyricist. And I love the fact that he's just been absolute massive success out there because I miss the days back in, you know, when you listen to songs and you know, I wasn't around back then. I just made, just made this 1970s. Just made the cut. <laughs> just made the cut. I was born September, September 79 I was born. But you, you look back on the artists back in the 60s, 70s, and even the 80s, you listen to an artist and you go, oh, that's Billy Joel. Oh, that's Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's blah, blah, blah. But now I'm like, who's that? That sounds exactly like that person. It's like everyone's trying to mimic it because they're afraid of what they release is not going to be successful. Mm. And, and I guess in a way it's true. I mean, people only push things that it's like the big churning meat train. It's like they <laughs> just put things out there that they know, oh, that one sold. Let's make something exactly the same as that. So it's going to sell, sell as well. Yeah. People, aren't as, people aren't daring anymore when it comes to music. They're not daring when it comes to songwriting. They yeah. just... They're just writing what everyone else is writing about. That sounds exactly the same as everybody's else's sound. I mean, just just happy and individual for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. make this music industry interesting again. Get out there and be different. Be yourself. Yeah, and I suppose you would say that you don't find it that hard to be original because you you are being yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I know. I look. Oh, geez, I might not get any success from my original music, but in a way, like I, I do care. But at the same time, at least I know that I can wake up in the morning and go, "I'm proud of what I wrote. I'm proud of what that sounds like. I'm proud of what I've achieved." And and saying that, I mean, I've had so many people dig the song and and they go, "Oh man, we love that song. It's really cool. It's different." I'm like, "Okay, cool. Yeah, that's what I, I, I've achieved. That and that's great. I mean, it's obviously." hasn't made it to number one because no one's listening to it and it's not out there because it's not getting pushed as, as much. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. If, if you're, it's a different, it's just a different industry these days, mate. I mean, if you're, if you're on a reality TV show, then you're going to get to number one straight away. And that comes with, sometimes comes with no talent. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's true. You know, if, as an independent artist, it's a lot harder for people like us, you know, getting out there and getting our message heard and getting our songs out there. So, but you know, my, my numbers went up on Spotify and iTunes sales went great. So the song's out there, people heard it, and that's all that matters to me. Yeah, even yeah. If it, even if it makes a difference, you know, to a, to a few people, that's that's cool. And that's that's I mean that's what I always said about the podcast. I mean, it's cool that we've got a bit of a following now. But I mean, right in the early days, I said if one person listens and is encouraged by something, mission mm -hmm. success, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. But shameless plug, I mean, She Devil's awesome. I've listened to it. I think it's epic, and I'm not just saying that because it's in the uh, the old uh, contract or anything. <laughs> it actually it is, nah. but it is trippy because nah. it's it's yeah you've got a bit of both in there. Even your when you head into the chorus, it's it's bloody catchy. I, I, I yeah, really... it's got um Nelly, Nelly didn't make the cut. I, I wrote it because I, I wrote everything you know on at home here and did you know put all the instruments down and as a demo and I took it over to the band and, and the producer nearly didn't like it. He says, oh, I'm not sure about this song. Oh, not sure. Really? Even the manager, manager was like, not sure about this song. <laughs> and they started playing my demo to other people around them, their friends. They go, Oh my God, that's really cool. We like that. I'm like, Oh, okay. Now you like it. All right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, it made the cut. So I've only recorded the first three songs of, um, 
of the album due to the fact I can't fly to bloody New Zealand, can I? Because I've got to finish it over there. Yeah. You know, producers over there. So, but first three tracks are done, but I've actually written the whole album. It's ready to go. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really cool. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really driven like that similar kind of vibe, but that rock pop driven kind of sound, soulful ballad, a couple of soulful ballads. Um, yeah, just drawing inspiration from obviously in excess and and. and I was going to say I had a bit of vibe, a bit of that kind of vibe in there. I think even when I listen to it, like you talk about, who's is this Chris Brown or is this you know, like I listen to that, and if I heard that stuff again, I go, oh, that's Nathan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping to achieve. So thank you for that. <laughs> oh, mate, don't worry. Oh, you can pay me later. No, um, for for you, man, do you think that? your solo music career is something you're most... Because, I mean, High Five was the what a lot of people know you from, remember you from, and then more recently, The Voice. For you, I mean, I can imagine you get sick of talking about High Five, but for you, are you... I know it would have been an amazing experience, but are you even more excited about what you're doing now? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's more coming... I mean, any, I guess anybody would be more excited about things they're doing that created to, created, creatively they're doing themselves. I mean... Mm. High five was a great time of my life. Ten, took ten years of my life, and it was fantastic. But it was it was at that right moment, the right in my life. Um, but a lot of things happened back then around that time. Obviously, I I, I was I had three different crossroads to take, um, and it just so happened that high five was the contract that I signed first before the other two opportunities came up. I mean, I was I was either going to go into music theater, which was going to take me overseas to play a lead role in a in a music theater show over there. Uh, at what the was same the show? Time, a, uh, Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Dreamcoat. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when I signed the contract for High Five, uh, a massive production company in Australia here contacted me, and I was only 18 at the time, asking if I could support Shania Twain. And I was only 18 at the time, but I, I spoke to my producer with High Five, and they did, they said, no, they said you can't, because I had a lot of commitments to you know the beginning of High Five, getting it off and running. So I could have had three, you know, roads to take and it just you know high five was the one that sort of took its course and you know I'll, I'll never apologize for it it was a great time of my life but i guess it has it has stunted me in a way i mean i'm very known by that but at the same time they sometimes you know some the, the, there is a few people that go that don't take you seriously because you can't you did a kid show yeah um they don't take you seriously as an adult performer or an adult songwriter mm. so it's just about you know knocking down one person at a time with your music and yeah, and, and convincing those people, but yeah, uh, talk with your music, steady. eh? You know, yeah, exactly, slow and steady. But um, it's, I mean, it's not everybody. I mean, the, the thing is with that is that it's, it was a great platform to to get my face out there. Yeah, uh, but I guess it got my face out there for good reasons, but also the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? Well, I so, think one of the one of the things you probably run into now. I mean, a lot of twenty thirty. Man, I don't even know my maths here, but 20, 30 year olds, whatever the whatever the um the frame is, when you're performing now to that kind of crowd, that's the crowd that were kids then, right? So that's probably I suppose where that kind of rubs a bit and crosses over. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um you just gotta it's just about convincing people one at a time. I mean, people have come to my shows now that were obviously five and six years old back then are now in their twenties. So they've come to the shows and go, Oh my god, that's really cool. Like we, we love supporting you and we keep continue to support you. So you kind of take the fans with you from back then. But then the ones that haven't seen you do a show or haven't seen, heard you perform or haven't heard your new song, they go, Oh, you're, you do kid stuff. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, I did, did. But, yeah. you know, I did. I was, uh, but I've always, you know, it was eight years I worked for before high five came up as an entertainer. So I always say to people now, yeah, I was an, I was an adult music, adult musician working in a kid show. Mm, yeah, so I was doing kids' music, but I wasn't. I, I've never seen myself as a kids' entertainer ever. Nah. Yeah, and still this day, I was still, still so the same. Like even when I was out there, and there were kids in front of me. You know, there was kids, but there was also parents and the mums, and you know, it was just like yeah, yeah. You, you, you performed to everybody. So to me, High Five wasn't just a kids' show; it was a variety show. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's and that's a good way to put it. Got to fend off those mums, though, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate. Yeah, good times. <laughs> <laughs> well, the same with teaching. I mean, I'm not a kid; I'm a I'm an adult teaching kids. You know, yeah. um, I can relate to that. Um, was it hard to call it quits when you did, or was it you were ready to move on? I was ready. 
yeah, a new production company took it over and, and uh, it was just very different after that. Um, so I, I, I kind of left at the right time because, um, yeah, I just went in a totally different direction after after the last two originals left, uh, which was me and Kelly were the last two originals. So as soon yeah. as we left, yeah, just, yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't quite the same after that. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's a shame. It was, it was a great concept. It was, it was just, it was a fantastic show, but um, there, there was a time limit for, for us, I guess. You know what I mean? I couldn't, I couldn't do what the Wiggles do. I mean, but the, in saying that, like the Wiggles and us were totally different. The Wiggles own their show. They own their concepts. So they, they benefited from that, you know, financially a lot, you know, a lot better. I mean, we were just, you know, we, we had a good wage, but we didn't own the show. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess in a way we, finished up when we had to, you know, and plus, you know, the creative juices were flying in my head and doing other things and uh, it was the perfect time for me to go. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's really cool. And people that don't know, I mean, you went into doing some really cool things. I mean, you did, was it Mamma Mia? And you did um, some Grease, even musical yep. theatre. I've actually recently, a lot, all my fr- my friends that are, that listen to this will laugh because I've just been hooked on Hamilton lately. It's just come out on Disney Plus. I have not seen it. have not seen oh. it. Dude, it's it's incredible. It's and I I I've got a few friends that are into theatre or are theatre performers, and yeah, I've never been one to even be go to theatre shows. I mean, I think the only thing I went yeah. to was High School Musical on Ice. I think that's the only thing I've ever been to. But okay. after watching Hamilton, anyway, that's a tangent. But my my, I'm going to go to any theatre show I can when it comes out because it just blew my mind. But okay. it's totally a different ball game to you know television and even singing. You know, doing your solo stuff. No, oh, yeah, it's live, man. Well, most of most of music did is live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your What was your experience doing those? Did you enjoy them? And did you? Was it? A yeah, big it was an learning? experience. I mean, um, I did Jerry Springer the opera as well. That was that was definitely. Yeah. I mean, you're swearing on stage every single word under the sun. Yeah, it was it was very funny. Um, you had people walking out, leaving the show because it's too much for them. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's Jerry, it's Jerry Springer as a musical. It really was, and that was that was a crazy time. But you know, I did Mamma Mia for a year. Look, it was it was fun. It was fine, um, I guess. But the same thing happened to me during those moments. I was just like, oh, I just want to. I'm I'm just so used to being by myself on stage and and just having all that sort of stuff. I'm like, oh, I just I just want to be creative for myself and be my own, be my own person, my own entertainer, and I think that's where I'm happiest. Yeah. What would you say to artists that having that same struggle now that you did? Uh, what to want to be creative as as a soloist? As a soloist, and you know, it's, it's not. I won't say stuck in a band, but you know what I mean. If they're in a group mm. situation or in theatre, whatever it is, mm. and they're wanting to break out of it. Well, if they're in contract, they're screwed. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you true. You got to see. You always got to see a contract out. Don't don't ever burn your bridges. But um, obviously, just yeah. But always, just you know, do do everything to the best of your ability. Finish a contract on fire. Just do, just do, be the best you can. If you're not happy in, and well, this goes for any job. If you're not happy in any job, don't falter in your performance. Don't you know, give a half-ass job because yeah. you know you don't want to be there anymore. Go out with a bang. Do everything possibly that you can make to make that job the best you can, even if you don't like it. You know, because it's not gonna last forever. Yeah. Just wait. Wait till it runs out, then go to your next job. But you know, always try and find something that uh, that you're happy to do. I mean, there's nothing's ever perfect either. I mean, I've done shows that I didn't want to that I didn't want to do, and there's things that I didn't want to do and that I didn't enjoy. But you know, it's all about experiences. Getting there and doing things for the experience makes your next performance even better than the last. Yeah, and and you can apply that to any context, eh? And your job, your sport, your. Yeah. whatever you know just challenge just challenge yourself don't don't get into something that's easy because you're never going to learn anything that's true that's true i remember one of my regrets is uh, when i was a part-time student i had an opportunity to work at sterling sports which is a sports um kind of clothing place here in new zealand but i chose to work at a supermarket because i'd done it before but it was just i hated it it was boring and i could have learned something new you know what i mean so i like you, know, you exactly. can you can totally see that you can do it you just gotta you know life's too short to to just sit there idle, you know, you gotta, you gotta get out there and make something of your life, you know, because new experiences bring new, new experiences bring new experiences. It really does. Yeah, I mean, mate. You know, it's just about meeting new people, you know, obviously, you know, take a chance, go out there. You might meet, you go and you might meet the, the, the woman of your dreams or, you know, just by doing something you never thought you'd do, you know, just, just, just change it up a bit. Do something yeah. different with your life. Yeah. And I mean, I suppose you grow in an uncomfortability, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I mean, you'll never you'll never learn if you never try. 
Mm. You know, if you get to sit there and do the same old thing every day, you're never going to grow. Mm. You know? But there's people out there that love doing that. They can just sit in the same thing the whole their whole life and never travel or never leave their suburb. And that's fine. Mm. You know, do what you do. But I just from first experience i know what it's like to just make some change in your life and, and take a chance and it, it's you can have an extraordinary life yeah that's awesome and i think that everyone's it's one of those things someone you have to discover for yourself i mean as much as we could tell someone to do that or you could tell your friend that you know isn't doing what they want to be doing you gotta yeah, get yeah, that revelation for yourself right absolutely man absolutely can't tell anybody what to do but just uh you can guide them but it's up to them to make their mistakes and their triumphs at the same time. Lead a horse to water, <laughs> as they say. Yeah, exactly. Um, even for you, I mean, I saw on your on your social media, because I don't know what it was at first, because you saw your, all your travel vlogs, you know, and you're like, I'm in Alaska now and I'm in the Caribbean and you do all these places. Was it part of that your the Princess Cruise stuff you were doing? Yeah, man. Yeah. What was that I, experience? Um, it was incredible. I mean, because um, obviously people get the cruise industry – Obviously, it's got to have a lot of hate lately because of the COVID thing. But look, it's, True, it's yeah. one of the best jobs in the world. It really is. I mean, people have that stigma that you're out there with a bow tie and a, and a big t- t- you know, suit with the tails and stuff like that. It's very cabaret, but it's really not. Like, yeah. <laughs> when I was when I was working the cruises, like I had a, a rock and seven-piece band on every single ship. And I was out there and I just worked, did a 45-minute show, went out there and just you know, it went crazy and it was just a rock, did rock shows out there yeah. for the world. Yeah. Just like I was on tour and I got to stop at different ports around the world and just stick, it, see adventures, you know, from bloody Ireland to the whole of UK, Iceland, Norway, the USA, UK, um, Papua New Guinea. And you obviously traveled a lot of New Zealand way before cruises, but did a lot of cruising there as well. Um, around Australia, like even saw ports in Australia I've never seen before in my life. So I'm lucky I've traveled the world so many times, but I mean, that's the, that's the good thing about working cruises um, that you just get to see the world. And as a guest, I was a guest entertainer. So I was, I was, it was just little contracts here and there, like three day or four day or seven days. I just go out there and do a couple of nights of work and then I just chill and go and see the world. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Well, was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyone was. budding uh, cruise entertainers just hold fire. <laughs> yeah. Hold fire. and Wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a really sad industry. They they blamed a lot of, of stuff on the cruises, and I, you know, they 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 really take their safety precautions seriously on there, mm. even before the COVID thing came up. So I'm really surprised that people are going to go. I mean, the thing is that I've noticed too is that it's to do with the passengers a lot of the time too. You get I've met some dirty ass passengers. They just don't they don't wash their hands after they've you know gone to the toilet. I'm like, come on, seriously, mate. You know, so I don't blame the cruise industry. It's just about it's passengers not taking care of their cleanliness or hygiene at the same time. So it's one been the same thing as Victoria. There's been there's a few idiots that just started a tidal wave. And that's what's happened on the ships. It's it's exactly right. It's quite often. Ruined how it, it for happens. everybody else. You must be um you must be pretty screwed if you get seasick. Yeah, luckily I don't. <laughs> there you go. Luckily I don't. But the thing is that I mean the, the ships are so massive, it feels like you're just in a suburb on water. True. You know, yeah. So it's it's not like yeah it's not like a little rowboat where you're out deep sea fishing. It's and you know you get a puke everywhere. But uh, yeah, you don't really notice you're on the ship until there's like unless you're at the right at the front of the ship and there's massive seas and sort of you feel a little bit of movement. But it's not it's not like that. You know, it's kind of just very slow. It's like that. You know. So no, I, luckily I've never been seasick. So. <laughs> yeah, I just remember having a real bad experience going on the into Island of Fury. It's called between the North and South Island. It's yeah. done me over for cruises for a while anyway <laughs> i was just on oh, like no, i think i lied good. down in the middle of the bu- these are small though these aren't like cruise ships you know i mean they're fairies is that like the, the little, little car carrier ones yeah 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 i've been on one of those there was i went from the the, the south to the north island on one of those a couple of times it was really cool yeah oh, it's, it's beautiful yeah, really cool. down south is beautiful a lot of new zealanders don't even get to go down there um mm. 2016 though well, I, f- I mean i might be wrong with my dates but you were like performer of the year on these cruises and what first australian to do that now people will yeah, think man. what kind of what is that accolade but it's pretty awesome. Yes, it's an international award um voted on by the passengers internationally and um Oh wow. I uh yeah, I mean I was I was cruising for a little bit and then got nominated um by the cruise directors mm. by, on several ships and I didn't know what it was but it was an, it's an international renowned award where you go and compete in the Caribbean against other entertainers and there was about two and a half thousand that were viewed 
Um, oh, wow. And I got down to the top four and ended up taking out the title. Um, just did a, just performed and then the audience judged you and at the end they, they picked you and then you get a cash prize and then you get to, pick and, get to pick and choose where you want to travel to as an entertainer. So that's what I did. So after that award, I, for a good three or four years, I just took off and traveled the world. That's wicked. Yeah, it was good. So I said, "Oh, I want to go to Ireland. I want to go here. I want to go to Greek. I want to go to the Greek islands." And oh, everyone sees that, surely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they sent me there and around the states and the Caribbean. And obviously, I met my wife over in Jamaica. So my wife's Jamaican. So um, yeah. So and she's been over here now for a few years. But um, yeah. So I, as I said earlier, to meet the woman of your dreams. I was about to say, case in point, right there, man. Yeah, exactly, man. So just grab a bull by the horn and hold on tight. You know, just, just go yeah. for the ride anytime. Take every opportunity. Like the movie Yes Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great movie. <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> I mean, everyone bags me for liking Jim Carrey, but, mate, great movie. Oh, I love Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's awesome. He is, man. No, I don't know. I watched Cable Guy again the other day after <laughs> yeah. many, many years. And <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. He's, just, he's, a, he's a loony tune. Mate, I've got to get Maybe. a photo of your bloody – I'm just looking at it now. Your DVD collection behind you is unbelievable. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, well, it's it's all backed up. It's all stacked for each other as well. But no, that's that's like twenty twenty five years of collection, man. Like I I never went out and partied that much because I was working all the time. Yeah, so yeah. I had to have some sort of outlet. So when oh, every time I come back from a gig or a tour, I said I was going buy a couple of DVDs here and there. But um, yeah, I mean that's only part of it. You know, it's only one one part. Yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a movie, I'm a movie buff too, but I mean, hey, those might become antiques or something one day, mate. Because nothing never, is a, never know, man. Nothing's like, DVD I'm anymore. Collect, exactly, I'm starting to collect vinyls again. Like I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've there, always yeah, had yeah. vinyls. Yeah, I've always had vinyls. Like, yeah, well, that one's just a clock. Um, oh, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but I've always had vinyls about that much. But I've been collecting you know, the last time. But um, the decision for you to then come home was it to do with your solo career? At the end of the, you know, the cruises and, and that experience? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I think the other thing too is because um, obviously I got married last year and then yeah, felt pregnant. So I guess I wanted to be here more yeah. for her as well. So that was kind of the main main reason why I come home. And then obviously COVID hit and then I was forced to stay home. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's one of those things. But um, no, I'm glad. Look, I'm, I, I have no regrets. Um, in anything I've done, and I don't know what the next chapter is going to be. I think no one knows what the next chapter is going to be, especially with whatever job they do in this in this world. But we just got to just hold on and just take each day as it comes. Mm. I mean, I don't think we should be looking to the future too much because we just don't know what is in store for it. So yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think <clears throat> I was one of many that had a sh- not a shock reaction, but a like, oh my goodness, reaction. Like when did we? When did the voice come into it? I mean, because it was this last year, twenty nineteen, I think it was. Was that? How did that kind of come into the picture for you? Because that's obviously the end of your cruises experience, and then next minute you're singing Footloose at a blind audition. You know what I mean? <laughs> One of the producers has been con- had been contacting me for a few years straight, yeah. writing to me on Facebook inbox to come and do the show, and I declined every single time so i'm not interested because yeah. i know what those shows are about yeah of course like you, you know, said I'm earlier not, i'm not a massive fan of reality tv shows I'm, I'm really not because to me and i'm not putting anybody down that loves them or doesn't but they take a lot of work away from um you know actors and good dramas out there i mean it's just it's just it's just, mm. to me Musicals. i don't, don't want to put i don't want to put anything down that people do love it and stuff like that but it's just it's that whole 15 minutes of fame thing that I, I can't handle, Yeah, you know, cause I have worked so hard for so many years and I just think it's one of these things that give a lot of, a lot of musicians and singers false hope Yeah, because yeah. I think they're going to be turned into a star at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But I've known a lot of people that have even won first place that they have a couple of hits and that's it. You don't hear from them at all. Yeah. Um, I think if you want to do a show like that, and the reason why I'll get back to the reason why I did it in a second, but of course, I think if you want to do a show like that, you've got to, lose, you've got to use it for publicity, yeah, and get out there and use it as a platform. But do know that if you do something like that, you have to work your ass off after your 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 last episode, mm. and and make and it's all going to be on you. You have to do the hard yards. You have to go knocking on doors because no one's going to come and knock on your door, even if you've got the airtime. Yeah. So going back to your question, the reason why I did it is because I went into a couple of shops and there was these early 20-something 
girls were there and they come up to me and ask me for a photo. And so they used to grow up watching me and they said, where have you been? We thought you died. You know? Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was, I think it was just a meta, meta yeah, 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 of course, of course. And yeah, it's like, no, I'm still alive. Um, <laughs> Case point. And that sort of gave me the wake up call. I said, no, I, I haven't stopped performing. Like I've been I gig every, every week, you know, I haven't stopped just because I haven't prominently been on TV every day at 3 PM is the reason why they think I haven't been around, but that went, hang on a second. You know what? Maybe I should take up their offer, go and do this show, get a bit of publicity and just, you know. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I might, may as well use it, may as well use it for publicity. So I went out there and just, just to let the fans know that I'm still out there and I'm still performing, I'm still alive, I'm still doing what I do. And it actually worked out really well. Cause I mean, obviously I wasn't planning on going into win it or anything. I knew that was never going to happen because yeah. obviously they have a certain people that they like to, to put forward. Yep. Um, so I just, I went, you know what, even if I get a couple of episodes out of it, get my face back on TV and say, hey, here I am, you know, I'm around. I am and alive. Wonders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it helped with a lot of things, you know, it even helped with She-Devil, you know, people, I've, I've taken some, I've, I've, it was like a wake-up call for fans that already knew me back then. They go, oh my God, like he's, he's singing out stuff. Footloose wasn't my choice. Um, obviously, all every song on, on there is chosen by the producers. It's not right. chosen by us, even the first one. So I guess in a way they, they said Footloose, I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I, I changed it up and I did more of a bluesy feel at the beginning of that song and then mm. went into it. So, but once again, no one else was bloody doing it. So I thought I'd do something different. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it was just, it was a good little um, publicity wake up call to the people out there that thought I was dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, other than that. Um, That's good. Yeah. Uh, you, you did. You got in there and, and the reality is that's how you popped up on, I mean, lots of social media streams and your Facebook, yeah, YouTube, exactly. you know, you're, yeah. you're now it's in the public eye. It's all about publicity, man. It's all about publicity. It really is. I mean, publicity is a strong, strong thing, but, yeah. uh, uh, you know, even though I hate some of the reasons why you have to get in those publicity things of doing stuff that you don't want to do, I'm like, oh, why do we have to, why can't, if you have a good song, why can't you just get it out there and people are going to love it fire? But sometimes you got to do things that, yeah. um, you know, that uh, you have to do. Mate, you just wait till this podcast gets released, mate. <laughs> exactly. If you get ten thousand exactly. extra streams next week or whenever it is comes out, you you got me to thank for that. Absolutely, absolutely. Nah, um, did you know? Did you know you were going to get a chair turn, or was that you could have not? No, I didn't know that. Didn't know that. But um, yeah, you just go out there and do your thing and hope for the best. But uh, hmm. it would have been embarrassing if I didn't. I was just like, you know, I was kind of like, if they didn't, I would have been pissed because they yeah. asked me to come and do the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it was like, why would you ask me to do it if I wasn't going to get a bloody chair turn? But um, yeah. yeah, well, you got two in the end, so there you go. Exactly, exactly. And I know I've known I've known Delta and Guy for years. I mean, Guy was in the Australian Idol when he was next door to us filming back in the day. So I so, so used to hang out every day with him, but. Um, yeah, I don't think they knew. I think they knew who it was back then. So, but, uh, anyway, that's cool. And I think, like you said, every experience leads to something. And if you don't put your hand up, sometimes you might miss out on those opportunities. Eh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So just got to try everything and, and do as much as you can. For you, Nathan, what's what's next? What's on the horizon? What's some of the dreams that you still have to live out? Um, I just want to finish this album. I think that's the first thing in my head getting more music out there i've got another um i've got another single that's coming out um in a month or so um called hurricane which is going to be the title track of my album awesome awesome. and it's uh it's not an up to this one's a ballad actually it's it's pretty much a rock pop rock ballad and it's it's remnants of all different things man like it's got like Joe Cocker vibe through it it's got <laughs> nice um it's yeah it's 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 like a pop rock gospel thing with a heavy guitar solo in it i it's, it's it's really cool though but it's really part and parcel about what we're going through at the moment it really is you know it's, it's you know whether we're talking about the bushfires to the COVID 19 to black lives matter it's everything is all incorporated into one in the song and it's about just giving people hope and you know being you know being there for them and being their hurricane during all these crazy times so it's, it's a pretty powerful song so i can't wait i'm actually going to be filming the the video clip for in a couple of weeks or so oh nice um yeah so hopefully looking for a september release but uh all depends on what's going on out, out outside our doors yeah yeah we'll keep the ears out well not the ears out the eyes out um i suppose that's where i was going to leave off with the question of what's the story and you've kind of answered it there but what's the story you want to tell through your music 
what is the story that what's the most important thing for you for people that hear you and hear your stuff uh, it's hard because obviously every single song in this world whoever listens to it is going to take something different out of it you know i mean obviously uh, if you listen to most pop one a, a popular song out there people might go oh that's about me it's a, that that brings me back to a situation i've dealt with in my life or someone else go i've written songs in the past for us and oh my god this song reminds me of my husband or this song reminds me of a little baby mm, or yeah. this song reminds me of, of the of, of the struggles i went through in this part of my life so i guess in a way i mean i just want to write songs that uh, can generally have some relativity, rel, relativity to what people are going through in their own lives. I don't want to be too specific. Um, I don't yeah. want to sort of write a song and go, this is what this is about. I tend to write songs that are very personal to me lyrically to go, okay, this is I'm writing because of something that I've experienced. But then someone that might listen to the lyrics or go, oh my God, this reminds me of something else that reminds yeah. me of a situation that I've been in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we all have different lives. We all have different situations. We all have different experiences. So I guess, in answer to your question, I just want to write songs that can move people and can inspire them and also get them through the hardest times or, or even make, get, make them get up and have a bit of a dance and, and mm. get over and, and forget about the troubles of the day. Yeah, that's wicked. And I think you're right. It's about moments and mo- songs remind you of moments, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Nathan, mate, well, honestly, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for sharing the journey with us and just the gold that you've experienced and 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 wanted to impart and pass on and ah, it's just been rad chatting dude and i wish you all the best with what's coming up i'm looking forward to hurricane man sounds like it's gonna be epic thanks brother thanks for the time well once again nathan foley thanks for hopping on the podcast mate it was awesome to have you and I know I left that conversation feeling inspired and encouraged to, to really check in with myself and see what are my passions, what are the things that I've got in me to fuel me and that whole idea of growing and uncomfortability uh, was awesome and it was awesome to hear the journey and that's what this podcast is all about, the journey, people's journeys. Next week, another awesome journey and I know that uh, the goal that is shared in that podcast inspired me and I know it will inspire you. So next week check it out and until then check us out on instagram facebook and um thanks for being a part of the journey